0: Um, I want to speak to you today, actually, it's a perfect Sunday for this, given, given this, but I want to speak to you on the, on the idea of building community, and I, the title of my message today, because I always like to have something that's semi-provocative or a little bit funny, um, and maybe this is neither, but the title of my message today is, um, we need that weird guy. Okay, do not look around the room, all right? Um, and, and the premise of this is simply this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's back there. Yeah, he is. Uh, If you guys weren't here a couple Sundays ago, the weird guy in our church uh, who happens to also run the projector decided to slip out in the middle of service and join us in worship in a Kool-Aid costume, okay? The Kool-Aid man costume, the inflatable one. And what's crazy about that costume is um, the Kool-Aid man has both hands raised, in the costume, like the inflatable arms were up. So it looked like he was worshiping with us during service. And I thought it was somebody that was like coming to like, you know, play a prank on us. And I was thinking, how am I going to deal with them? The whole song service, I could not focus on the music or the Lord or the Holy spirit or anything like that. And I'm like, how am I going to take this person out all along? It was Roland. Okay. So, but we need the weird guy, even Roland. um, I, 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 I the reason I, I presented it that way to you is because um oftentimes church becomes um very uh, uh, it becomes an echo chamber, and churches seem to be so segregated not just sometimes in color but probably even more so nowadays, they're segregated in what your pol- politics are, or the type of neighborhood you live in, or the type of car you drive. And so, you know, when you go to a certain church, you're going to see Range Rovers and Mercedes. And you know, when you go to a certain church, you're going to get 95 Tauruses, right, with a bumper that's hanging off. You just, you, you just see and understand that people, for some reason, we have allowed ourselves to be lulled into the comfort of going to worship with people that are look like us, think like us, vote like us, love like us, um, talk like us, drive the types of cars we drive, and and harvest for some reason. Even if I wanted to try to make all of you be the same. I don't think it's possible. This has always been the church where you just can't figure it out. You look around the room, and they're like, are they this kind of church? Are they that kind of church? And it unsettles people, because we want to know, like, what kind of church are they? And the best thing I can tell you is, we need the weird guy. Th- that's all I can tell you is, I-, I don't know how to explain who we are as a church other than we really love people for who they are and wherever they come from and whatever they bring to the table, we think it's beautiful. So our natural progression into things like inclusivity of the LGBTQ community wasn't actually that hard once we got over the theological part of it. It wasn't that hard because we've always loved people that were different. This was just another group that society said were different that we were like, okay, we'll add one more group to the list of people that are different. So over the years, the community, specifically the religious community, God bless you all if you're watching today. We love you. But the religious community has tried to put a label on us. They, they have. They, they don't know. So years ago it was, well, we're the black church. Really? They say, well, they're the black church because we did so much outreach into the African community, African-American community, and we had a lot of people of color. We still have a, a, a lot of people of color. Um, but we were the black church, and then we were the convict church, and we were the drug addict church, and we were the this church and the that. And, and throughout time, it just became, everybody tried to put a label on us. Now, whether you know it or not, we're the gay church. I mean, it's just like 15 labels later, it kind of gets old after a while, right? And I would say, you say, Pastor Dan, which one are you? We're all of them. We're all of them. <laughs> You can't be all of them. Watch us. <laughs> we are. We have segments of all of that mixed into this mess, and whatever comes out on the other side of it, this is like your mama's gumbo or whatever. They just, oh, we've got this in the refrigerator and that in refrigerator. Throw it in there. It's all going to taste amazing at the end of it. We're this beautiful community of people, but... I love this quote. C.S. Lewis said, deep community is not the goal a church seeks, but the result of people living for something greater than themselves. When When our goal, when our target is the same, it doesn't matter where you're coming from in life. It is easy to join together in community when our goal is the same. Our goal is humanity. It's people. It's our community. It's making, making, uh, knowing for sure that our community is better because we're in it. It is reaching and loving people in practical ways. It is making sure that nobody feels like they're left outside the gate, that they don't qualify, that they're not welcome, they're not included. That's our goal collectively as a congregation. And if that's not your goal, we want to get you there to that goal. And if we can't get you there, this isn't the church for you you're gonna be confused and frustrated constantly. Why? They won't seem to give some of these topics up. That is our goal. That is our mission. That is our target. And the majority of people in this room, if not all of us, are all laser focused on the same target together. We, our hearts burn forward. It's not something that Pastor Dan has drummed up inside of you. It's something that you guys came with and we're uniting hearts together. And it's why we're, we have bare trees over here, okay? It's because we all have the same goal, the same mission in what faith looks like. So the differences between us have zero. They have no value. I mean, they're valuable, but they're not valuable. In other words, they don't distinguish or change the game at all. Our differences are a part of what makes us beautiful. And I'm gonna show you this in the scriptures a little bit. Is this making sense? Acts um, 24, uh, sorry, Acts 4, verse 32, we're going to put it up here. It says, Now the number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no, no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. This is talking about the early church. But they had everything in common, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses, they sold them and they brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Now this scripture says that they had everything in common. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe it's true in the sense that we think it is. Right? Because these people came from all directions of the community. And even within the Jewish faith of the time, there was all these little sects. I want to read this to you, a uh, 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 commentary. I haven't used Matthew, Matthew Henry commentary in forever, but I did for this. It just shows you I'm back to my roots, kids, all right? They were all one. This is what Matthew Henry said. They were all of one heart and of one soul, though there were many, very many different ages, tempers, and conditions in the world, who perhaps before they believed were perfect strangers to one another. Yet when they met in Christ, they were as intimately acquainted as if they had known one another many years. Perhaps they had been of different sex among the Jews before their conversion or had discords upon civil accounts. But now these were all forgotten and laid aside, and they were unanimous in the faith of Christ. And being all joined to the Lord, they were joined to an One another in holy love. This was the blessed fruit of Christ's dying precept to his disciples to love one another and his dying prayer for them that they all might be one. So when you read that commentary and you go into the actual Greek of this, you realize that they actually did not have everything in common. They did have everything in common once they came together. Once they were joined together as the church, they had everything in common. Something shifted. There was an order of priority that changed, where it was like, you might have come from this orthodox part of the Jewish faith and community, and you might have been more of a reformed part of the faith, and you might worship in that um, synagogue or that temple over there, and you might come, Your, your father might be a carpenter, and your dad over here might be a tax collector that's working with the Roman government, who we all can you know, which was the lowliest of the low. And you might be this, and you might be that. But at the end of the day, the scripture says they had everything in common. This is, this is what we are trying to accomplish as a church. It's we recognize we come from different walks of life. But here, in this place, when you walk in the door, we embrace your your difference. We embrace you being who you are because we realize that we're not creating another painting. We're adding another color to the painting that's already here. But together, we have one thing in common. We are one canvas with one message expressing the love of God in real, practical, hands-on, measurable ways to the world around us. That is who we are. Because some of y'all are strange. <laughs> I am too. I am very strange, and I'm proud of that too. I am I'm strange. And and as I, I started to dive into this a little bit more, like for instance, in Philippians 2, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out for not only his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Now when I read this, I wanted to dive into this a little bit, and this kind of presents, believe it or not, the main, the main idea behind my message today. It's simply this. The way that we're going to build community, the way that we're going to, to be what I believe that we were intended to be as a church, as a people of faith, the way that we can do that is it's going to take real, authentic relationships. We cannot be here as an island and be a part of the greater whole. And that is scary for some of us. Moving into uh, some new digs over there and the space that we're going to have and the opportunities to build community and have community type events and have dinners and banquets and celebrate things in a way that we weren't able to in this facility over here it's going to require us to engage authentically with one another, to build real connections and relationships, to go beyond the how's the weather and the, you know, you look nice today and that sort of stuff, right? It's going to take beyond that. But in order to be authentic with one another, we have to be authentic with ourselves. If you want a stepping point, a starting point, for being a part of the greater community and being a, a, a real addition to the greater community, find out who you are. And faith over the years has been, been the antithesis to personal identity. We have wanted to churn out little robots that all talk the same, look the same, think the same, vote the same, love the same, all these things. We just, everybody, anyone who steps outside of the line is beaten over the head with a scripture, usually taken grossly out of context and, and made to feel like if you don't get back in line, you're not going to have this community to be a part of. We have to shift away and make an about face from that. And we as a church have, but some of you all, and I want to say we all, have some bad habits of thinking that if we are authentic with who we really are, that that somehow is going to disqualify us because it has in the past in our faith systems. Uh, What I love about this band is we are probably to a fault, (laughs) terribly to a fault, authentic with one another. We just are there really are no secrets among us. We are. And I'm not gonna tell you their secrets because that's their decision, but we are all authentically ourselves. So we get along and we have relationship and there's never been, and probably I would say at least five years, if not longer, a single moment of tension, let alone conflict in this band up here in at least five years not a single moment of even palpable tension because we've learned to be authentic with one another and we've given each other permission to be authentic with ourselves. In church, we don't value authenticity. We say we do until somebody says something that goes outside the lines. For instance, when I uh, mow my lawn at home, it's, it's about six acres that I mow. I have a, a zero turn, so it's not, it's not a terrible thing. When I mow the lawn, I like to have a cigar. You see how that made you feel? <laughs> That's your own projection on me. My mom's going, how many of these is he going (laughs) to (laughs) tell? That's because she grew up in the church, baby. (laughs) 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 Do you know why that makes you uncomfortable? You're not judging me for having a cigar. You're thinking to yourself, if that's what's going to go down here, where we're all authentic with who we are as people, what am I going to have to tell? So you're not mad at me, you're protecting you. That's what we do. We project our own insecurities and fears on this person up here. And so what we're doing is we're saying, hey, buddy, don't go too far. Not because I think you're a bad person and I'm going to leave here. Don't go too far because what does that mean for me? Interesting, because this scripture I just read, if you look at what it says, it says it says that with all humility and gentleness with, oh, sorry, sorry, that's the next one. Um, Let nothing be done through selfish, selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Well, we could go a million ways with lowliness of mind. So I went into the Greek and I figured out exactly what it was communicating. And it means this, it means a compromised mixture of leaven. If you don't know what that's symbolic of, I'm going to tell you in a moment. An empty philosophical flattery. So, essentially, it's self righteousness. It is a, a, a compromised mixture of leaven. Leaven is what the Bible uses as an illustration for mixing a little bit of the law into grace. It's when we restrict how far grace goes and we mix in a little bit of our legalistic way of thinking, just enough for us to feel safe and protect ourselves. So it's self-righteousness, essentially. Self-protection, self-righteousness, and empty philosophical flattery, which is a part of the facade that religion demands that we carry in order to have the card to be in the club. It is why, when you go into so many churches and have a conversation with somebody. You could have a 10-minute conversation with somebody, and if, they are, if they're entrenched long enough in the faith system, 10 minutes later, you have no idea what they just said. It sounds something like this. Hey, Brother Norm, it's good to see you. All right, Brother Norm, it's great to see you. Well, he's on the throne, isn't he, Brother? He is. He's righteous. He's on the throne. We're living good. How are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm doing good. He says, how are you doing? Blessed, not stressed. I'm just living for, you know, I'm just trying to be in the right place at the right time. And then at the end of service, you say to the same guy, we'll see you next week. He goes, Lord willing, you know, if His grace upon me, Lord willing, I'll be here. This kind of stuff, we, we have about 150 of them that we can tie together in any sort of situation or conversation and at the end of the day, I said nothing and revealed nothing about me. It's all the Lord. will. if the Lord wants, well, do you want to be here next week? Well, Lord willing, he's willing. I'm pretty sure he's willing for you to be here. I'm pretty sure there's nothing he's not willing about for you to be here. Are you wanting to be here? We had an employee years ago, so you guys can't figure it out. I would literally say, see you tomorrow, and they'd say, Lord willing. I was like, paycheck willing. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) If you get up tomorrow and the Lord's like, I'm not willing you to go to work, you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to work. I'm sorry this isn't your will. I'm going, right? We have this way of just protecting getting real and authentic with people, right? So it is scary for us. And we have a facade and we have our, we have our, our church, right? I remember being on the way to, to, to to church and five kids fighting in the back seat. And we kind of knew, right? Pastors, kids have to keep up the look. Mom and dad didn't necessarily project that on us. It's just really the whole congregation. It was all you projecting it on us. (laughs) I'm bitter. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) Um, But it was, you know, you have to be perfect, and you growing up, and we'd be in the car, and we'd be fighting like cat's dogs. And we knew, though, we could fight, scream, yell, hit one another, and when you get to church, you got to put on the church face, or there will be real hell to pay. And, um, and really, it says, um, <laughs> through selfish ambition or conceit, which literally means a compromise mixture of leaven and empty philosophical flattery. It literally is the quintessential church going person who means well, but at the end of the day is so scared to be real and authentic. Why? Because religion has been projected on them in such a way that they believe that people really found out they like to smoke a cigar while they're driving or while, not while I'm driving, (laughs) while they're mowing their lawn and if they knew that, that people would somehow judge them. Meanwhile, half of you are probably smoking something else. (laughs) Oh, did that hit too close to home? (laughs) I don't smoke it, Pastor Dan. I just have gummies. Okay, (laughs) we know who you are. Trust me. But, 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 (laughs) he's not talking about me. Oh my gosh, he's not talking about me. He's not talking about me. You feel that tension inside of you? That's what I'm talking about. That tension is exactly, I'm sorry I had to do that to you, but that tension is exactly what I'm talking about. It is, it's, it's real. The tension is real. Meanwhile, why would you and I think that we are so massively different as a whole from somebody else in this room living in the same place during the same my man willie did you get off of work come on I'm a little late my man. come here no 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 come here look at this guy come here i'm not going to tell your story just look at this this is harvest in a nutshell show him show him your tattoos you got to fix yourself you came from work he's oh that's all right this is harvest in a nutshell this is one of my favorite people. And, and one day he'll tell you his story too. I'm not going to, but he'll tell a story maybe one day. Amazing, amazing, amazing testimony in the works. And you're going to make it, man. You are. I promise you. He's an amazing guy. <laughs> also, if you go to Wendy's over here on Beniva and 12th, you better tip the man if he's at the window, okay? Okay. Yeah, you do. They got to tip you, Willie, or they're not welcome here, all right? <laughs> Paid $4 for a burger. You can, you can afford to tip the man, okay? Um, <laughs> but no, I, this, that tension that you feel, and you're like, the guys are like, yeah, talk about Willie, talk about Willie, okay. That tension that we all feel, it is, it is beat into us by bad faith, by bad religion. It just is, and... I love this in Ephesians 4. I'm going to kind of end here. It says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. There's so many scriptures in the New Testament, especially it talks about one body and one hope and one calling and one people and one God, about being united, being together. Do you think God actually believes the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that created the, I don't know how many different species of, of insects and flowers and animals and all of the different kaleidoscope that we have this world. you think he really thinks that we're actually all alike and all one? Or that we're supposed to think like each other, look like each other, vote like each other, love like each other, all these things? No, he doesn't. But together... In one beautiful picture, mosaic of all these little stories together, we communicate one thing. And I'm going to read this to you in my wacky translation that I love, The Mirror. That part that says, uh, with all humility and gentleness, it says, meekness and tenderness are the fabric of your makeup. This enables you to show compassion even in seemingly impossible situations eagerly bearing with one another in an environment where love rules. We need the weird guy. He's weird. I'm not actually talking about you anymore, Roland. He's weird. He's different. He's, he, he blurts out things that we think to ourselves, why does he say that? Well, we need him. We don't just need him. We want him. And we want him to not conform and look like me and you. We want him to be him. You only get one Kool-Aid costume a year, okay? One. I'm not saying don't, you cannot do that every year, okay? Or every week. But we want one. We don't want, we want one people, but we don't want everybody looking the same. We want one mission. We want one love. We want one target. We want one thing that drives us all, but we do not want you to not be you. We want you to be you and we want to have a place where all of your things that you think this would disqualify me, we want you to feel completely comfortable being yourself, being authentic. Do you know how hard it was a couple weeks ago for me after the terrible divorce and separation that I went through? Do you know how hard it was for me to speak kindly and openly and clearly to you all that I am dating somebody and hope to get married to her, I was scared out of my mind. There's a, there's a huge backstory there that if you understood it, you'd understand how scared I was. But I can't not, I, I, I'm in front of you. And if I don't lead the way in being authentic, I can't expect you to be authentic. I have been authentic to the point where I've literally watched my poor mother age an entire five years in a service. She's how far is he gonna go? He's really feeling it up there. How far is he gonna go with this? And I can feel it, she but she's she, even her, she's never said to me, Hey, maybe you should calm that down. She's never, she's wanted to. I've seen it in her eyes. I've ignored it. But she's never she she's given me a great example. We have to be able to be ourselves if we're going to authentically have community and connection with one another. I don't want you to change who you are so that it makes me more comfortable. You are you. And if you look at our band, this is quite a kaleidoscope of people and different personalities. And then we got Roland back there. And then usually we have Michael back there, who is a completely different bird too. And then when Michael's not there, we actually have a completely different bird because his last name is Bird, Dave back there, and he is odd as can be too. We are one big giant group of odd people, but together we're beautiful. So if you're watching online and you're thinking to yourself, hey, that place, should I go there? You should, because if you stayed this long on this message, you're weird and you need to come and be a part of this. And if you have weird friends, bring them. And if they're not weird, those are the weirdest ones, the ones that are able to hide their weirdness. Bring them. This is a place where they will get to be themselves and you do not have to be worried that they're not going to fit in. It's just, this is what, this is what the body of Christ should look like. I have a couple quotes. Yeah? Said it's, about not in. it's about belonging and not fitting in. That's beautiful. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Coretta Scott King said, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Can we be empathetic and compassionate enough to go, yeah, that person's a little different, but I think we need them. I'm making space for them. Uh, I'll have people come up to me and say, you know, I overheard somebody say blah, 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 blah. And I look at them like, so? Only difference between them and you is, they haven't been beaten into submission to know there's certain things you can't actually reveal about yourself in church. And they haven't learned that yet. And we're not going to indoctrinate them to make them think they can't be themselves. But wait, but do you think that's scriptural? I don't really care that much in that moment. I want that person to know we love them for them. And if our goal is to fit everybody into our theology, none of us would be here together. None of us would fit in. We're all theological dilemmas and problems running around. We present all sorts of issues and problems. I am now a divorced pastor. I am a theological problem for the rest of my life. I am a dilemma for the rest of my life. If you've got to fit me into your theology, Jesus said he hated divorce. What are you going to do with that? We're all theological dilemmas and problems. And if we're trying to fit one another into our theology, guess what? We're gonna be lonely and we're not gonna have anybody or we're just gonna have people that stop being authentic and parrot whatever we need them to parrot. And they're just little robots and little stamped, you know, approved just out of a die and a template over and over and over again. And the diversity and beauty of Of creation, what God has given us is lost and gone, and people live inauthentic, empty lives. And at the end of the day, it is not what God intended the community of the church to be. He intended it to be a beautiful, beautiful tapestry of every color and creed and every way of thinking it brought together under one mission and that is we love God and we want to love people well and we want to see what it looks like to be the New Testament church and bring the words and the life and the actions of Jesus alive today as often and as widespread as we can to love people well to live a good life together to build community to have lifelong friendships That's what he intended to be. And the only way to do that is to stop looking at each other like theological problems and dilemmas and trying to figure out how we're going to fit people in and to have the compassion and the empathy to look at each other and go, he's weird, but we want him here. They're a little bit different, but I am so excited they're a part of what's going on here. Because at the end of the day, you know this, you're weird and you're different. And we don't need to project that on one another. We just need to embrace the idea that we are still beautiful in all of our weirdness and difference and quirks and past and things. We're beautiful, okay? We are beautiful. And I am taking, I absolutely will take Christmas gifts in the form of little wooden boxes. Never mind, okay. Let's say Cohiba on the outside. Would you get better? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. if you happen to leave them up here, I will make sure that they are disposed of properly at the end of service as contraband. Hey, stand to our feet. Let's pray together. Thanks for being here with us, guys. Yeah. Right now, Harvest House, um, which I believe... Wholeheartedly, Harvest House and what we're doing as a church and our nonprofit is, I really believe this wholeheartedly that we are one of um, the best nonprofits in Sarasota and we really are doing the work that is inspired by our faith and we're doing it well. Erin and her team have done an incredible job, really, really, really have. Y'all, this crazy nonprofit and group of people together is being led by a divorced pastor and a gay woman. Amen. Do not get those things twisted, okay? I know. <laughs> that rumor's gone around too. That's one of the labels they gave us. So I pay Robin every week to be here instead of the second <laughs> row. <laughs> <love> <laughs> She never actually talks to him. What's going on with that? Um, We are from the very top. We have decided we're going to be ourselves and be authentic and hopefully inspire a group of people to do the same. You're safe here to be yourselves. You're safe here to be the individual you are so that we can get that weird mask facade thing out of the way and we can actually come together together and authentic, genuine, valuable relationships and move forward with what we believe we are being inspired and called to do together. Can we bow our heads together? Lord, we thank you for this word today. I ask that you encourage those that are here, um, like myself, to just, together, for us to just take down the walls, remove the barriers of being authentic, really believe and trust that this time it is okay to be ourselves to be authentic, to be real, to let people in, to learn, to build true connection and relationship with one another so that we can build a community of people that are healthy, whole, and strong and are making the kind of impact on our community that you've called us to. Father, just bless those that are here, those that are watching online. Give us an amazing week. And we are excited for for, uh, Turkey mainly and a lot of stuff that comes with that and an amazing um, just holiday season to come. And we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. In your name we pray and everyone says, Amen. amen. We'll see you next week. We love you guys.